Tarang Tov, we continue in the Sefer Sha'arim Batvila. We begin the next expression. That's called Chilui. Ches Yud, Lamed Vav Yud, which means to plead, to beg, so to speak. But plead is a better word. The source of that is during the sin of the golden calf, when Hashem tells Moshe how bad the Jews have been. The key word is Vayechal Moshe. That's where we start our Torah reading on a fast day. And Moshe pleaded, so to speak, as Pnei Hashem Lokav, the face of Hashem, his God. So that is the source of that word. That's called Chilui, to plead. And the Gemara in Brachas gives many ways in which Moshe pled the case for the Jewish people. But the simple pshat is, again, it's in Hebrew, derech ta'anot bepiusim lifnei Kodesh Baruch a way of claims and appeasements before Hashem. For example, Moshe himself gives examples. When it says, Vayichal again, it says, Lama Hashem yechera apach Hashem, why should you be angry? Or, Lama Yom right. why should the Egyptians say that Hashem doesn't have the power to take the Jews out of Egypt and into the land of Israel? Or Zechor Lavram, remember the covenant with the patriarchs. So there's a lot of ideas of trying to plead and change somebody's mind. As it says, by Eov, Vechilu Rabim. There's many ways to plead the case. And, and that means to appease and to and to get a person to, to change their attitude. Okay. And we find a lot of the, in, in the prophet's words like that. We find by Hannah, for example, the Gemara and Brachas elaborates on her prayers to Hashem. And she says, for example, Hashem, everything you created in the world, you didn't create it for no purpose. And from all the legions of things you created, is it hard for you to give me one child? Or says, Hashem, you created breasts to nurse children. So what am I going to do with mine? Okay. So, uh, and the Gemara says, which nation knows how to appease their creator? That the Jews know with Ruach HaKodesh in a wondrous way, what words will, you know, hit the mark with Hashem? Which is wondrous, because everyone needs their own unique pleading to appease HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And who can really get into Hashem's mind, so to speak, and to know how Hashem will be convinced. And that's why it says, Yeshaya, the Navi says, Hashem, <coughs> you are higher than the heavens from the earth. Or better yet, just like Hashem, the heavens are higher than the earth, so are your ways much higher than our ways. And my thoughts are different than your thoughts. Who knows really what Hashem is thinking? You know how to appease him. But the Gemara Nida says, but still, which nation is it that Hashem has revealed such secrets of how he can be appeased? So this idea of chibui, you're presenting arguments for your case, not just falling apart and saying, please, but you're putting forth good arguments, literally pleading your case and saying, well, how come this? How come that? I should get this. 
And therefore, really, what is so amazing, the whole arrangement of the prayer that the all our prayers that the men of the great assembly did was based on their very high level of divine inspiration, and they knew how to plead before Hashem, and they knew which words can express our prayers and our needs. And we should be like so uh, amazed by the awesomeness of this text and liturgy that they created what we call prayer. And even if you don't go into the deepest of the deepest Kabbalistic understandings what's going on, that's beyond what we can understand, but just the actual words that were established for all generations, the words that we say, Salah Lono Avinu, forgive us our Father. That's an appeasement to Hashem for sinners by the fact that He's our Father. And that he's a mochel v'soleach ata, and you are one who forgives and pardons. And that's the reason why Hashem should want to appease us. And the whole arrangement of the prayer that the men of the great assembly established from their great holiness, from their understanding of Torah, knowing the ways of Hashem, and they knew exactly how to appease Hashem and to curry favor with him. Now, this will explain another very interesting idea. We know that the ways of Hashem are very secret from us. But we have to ask a question, what we call Memon of Shach, either way. Now, if the reason Hashem should be nice to us is a justifiable reason, then why do we even need to plead the reasons? Hashem knows the reasons. He knows he's fair. In other words, Moshe gave a bunch of reasons why Hashem should not punish us with the sin of the golden calf. What are the Egyptians going to say? It's going to look like a chil Hashem. Uh, it was all the money that you gave us. And what do you expect? You give somebody a lot of money and you put opportunity in front of them. You think he's going to do something. Now, those, if they are valid arguments, then why do you have to say them? Hashem knows their value arguments. And if they're not value, valued arguments, what does it help to say them? No, it's, he, he knows. Hashem knows. But the truth is it's not so. And it's like you find a very fascinating Gomorrah in Bobakama, Daf Memtes. We have the story, there was a man named Nechunya Hakon. Nechunya the well digger. He was a man who dug a lot of wells for the benefit of the Jewish people. So that water to drink. People should be able to go to Jerusalem, have a place to drink water. And at one time, the daughter of Rabbi Nechunya Hakona fell into a well and was in mortal danger. So they told Rabbi Hanina ben Dosa, and he prayed. And eventually she was saved, miraculously. So they said to him, how did you know that your prayers could help? So he said the following, anything that this tzaddik was so pained by doing so much effort to help the Jewish people by making wells, it's no way that his daughter's going to die from a well that he used to help people. The Gemara ends with a very sad postscript to the story. His daughter survived, but the Gemara says still in all, he had a son, a different son, that died from thirst. 
So the obvious question the commentaries asked, wait a minute, this claim that Reb Hanina Bedosa said, that the very thing that the tzaddik was Moser Nefesh for, how could his daughter die? So then how did the son die? It's the same legitimate reason. Have mercy, he was saving people from thirst. So the Shita Mekubet says, one of his shonim gives an amazing answer. And it's interesting. He says, I, he says, I, I heard a wondrous thing about this. And whatever, and Hashem seemed to agree to my words, etc., etc. It means like this. He says, the way of HaKadosh Baruch Hu is that he agrees to what the righteous in a generation says. Now, when Reb Nechunia's daughter fell into the well, Rabbi Hanina Mendoza was still alive. And Rabbi Hanina Mendoza said, how could it be that she should die the very thing that he did to help people? Okay. But after Rabbi Hanina Mendoza died, that's when um, uh, Rabbi Nechunia's son starved to death. We no longer had, so what do you see from all this? Even though the claim is just, but we gotta say it before Hashem. Because there can be many, many reasons to analyze a situation. We know, for example, Hashem judges the tzaddikim by a hair's breadth, goes beyond, expects more from tzaddikim. So Reb Hanina Mendoza made a specific claim. Hashem has to agree. But once Reb Hanina dies, there was no one to mention the claim. So it's not brought out because there could be other claims. So again, we've said this many times that prayer to Hashem works like real prayer. you got to mention these things. Hashem, there, there's a lot of factors. There can be many factors at play. Factors pro, factors con. And if nobody's saying anything, then whatever factors, let's say, uh, ministering angels bring, what if the satan brings certain factors? Shem has to listen. Now, if there's nobody has anything good to say, well, that carries the day. So it, the prayer is very real. So you have to be able... So yes, there's a factor, but now we need a tzaddik to push that factor. How could it be? That's important. And that's the idea of a prayer that's called chiloi, to plead, because there's many ways for us to be saved from our, our tsars. Like we said, like Moshe gave all kinds of reasons. What will be a chil Hashem? What's gonna happen to your great name? We are your sheep and you're our master. And everybody can say, uh, listen, Hashem, you're our, you're my father. And even when you say the word Elokai, that itself is like a request. You're my God. My God, you should be able to help me. You're a Baal Chesed. So what's going on? But it only is if you plead the case. But you don't plead it, so to speak. It doesn't get heard. Because there's other pleads that can go the other way. But if you actually say it, they come before HaKadosh Baruch Yeah? So you answered what I'm saying with last. 
So you need to know how to feel. Yes. So what you? So now what are you going to ask next? Oh, so how do I know how to plead? Let me ask you this question. Is it more for the specific of your case? I mean, in general, is being specific as important? That's my question. Yes. yes. Should be. You don't always have to be specific. I just want to ask you, it's very general. Uh, it's not that general. No. It's Hashem, you heal the sick of Israel. Hashem, restore the temple to Zion. Hashem, save us from our tragedies. Okay, it might not be some might not be. Uh, let King David come back, and his his children should be the kings of Israel. Okay, so now, but there is two more points that he gets into over here. He says, number one, the the plead has to be a true pleading and good logic that it should present itself before Hashem. You can't say something silly. You know, Hashem, it, it's really important for me to win the lottery because there's a lot of vacations I want to take. I'm pleading before you. Help me get the money so I can go on lots of luxury vacations. That's a, I'm sorry, I don't think... that's You haven't convinced me. you got to convince HaKadosh Baruch. It's got to be a winning argument, number one. Number two, you need somebody who can say the winning argument before Hashem. You need a winning argument, and it must be presented before Hashem. Well, that's not a problem, because the second one's not a problem, because Hashem promises any prayer of a Jew is accepted before Hashem. As we learned a couple of weeks ago, when we are comparing the prayers of Moshe, the prayers of the poor person, we said the prayers of the poor person are even heard more than Moshe's prayers. So therefore we know if a Jew presents a case, Hashem will listen because he's good. He's qualified to be a presenter. Every one of us are qualified. We have to have a good uh, case though. But if we have a good case, we're all qualified. Everybody in this room. So you're having a good case, but again, you need to present it. So present it. So you need a good lawyer like that. No. Same thing. <laughs> not able to plead in the exact. Okay. Now here's the next point. One more point we have to add, and maybe this is what's nudging you. But the quality of the pleading is critical, and therefore, if you have to plead and use an expression of pleading. Do ones that have had a good success rate in the past. Let me give a totally, you know, uh, a marshal. For a long time, at the southern border of the United States, you have a lot of these illegal refugees. But they're not so stupid. Well, they're not so stupid. America is stupid. Now, America has some stupid laws. If you claim amnesty, you're, what do you call it, uh, asylum. asylum. You're looking for asylum. The United States generally will grant the person asylum. But then again, there's only so many people in the world who really need asylum. So they teach these people who are not, let's say, running away. They say, just say this. I know you don't know English. Say, I want asylum. That's the winning case. 
Now, you could say a lot of other things. I'm poor, I'm this, I want a better life, and I'm sick. No, 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 that, that's not in our book. You ask for asylum, even if you're lying, till we'll find out eight years from now, and you won't come to the trial date. But that's a winning argument. So therefore, we have the same thing. Let's use winning arguments. Let's say what David has said in Tehillim. You take David's every line in Tehillim as a winning argument. Plug it into your life. How about the, the liturgy of the prayer, the Sidur, that the men of the great assembly, they produced winning cases. Whatever you have, older people, tzaddikim, prophets, whatever, compose prayers, you know those are winning arguments, provided that you at least understand what you're saying. You know, this is the famous story of Cyrano de Bergerac. Cyrano de Bergerac was, um, I forgot which one was which, but one, one of them, he, this guy wanted to be able to say beautiful poetry to a woman. That was not Cyrano. No, Cyrano was that was whatever. He was a guy, a handsome-looking guy, but a boor. So he wants Epis get this girl to like him. But, you know, he talks like a jock, you know, so it's not going to help. So what does she do? She goes to Cyrano, who's an ugly guy, I think, if I'm not mistaken. He's a really ugly guy. It's not his fault. But he's very thoughtful and says beautiful poetry. So he composed the poetry the other guy to say. So the woman like Mamish loved the, 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 the good looking guy thought he composed it. So she finds out it wasn't. So here, here God allows you to plagiarize. He says, here, you don't know what to say? Go open up to him and find some words that I don't know how to say, it, but David knew how to say it. And he had winning arguments and Chazal had winning arguments. That's the way to do it, right? And that's so beloved. Ah, oh, he's playing my favorite poem. Oh, Mizmo David Hashem Roi Lo Echzor Bino Yisdeshal Yarbitzeni Ba'Avim Nechashinu Aleni. Wow! Oh, I love that one. Oh, and Mamish, you're saying that's how you feel? Oh, I, how can I say no to that? Shir Hamalos Mi Mama Kin Gerosicha Hashem. Hashem Shima Bekoli Tienos Necha Kashuvos Lekoltach Anunoi. Oh, such beautiful words. How can, how can I say no to that? Now, obviously, you've got to understand it and say it. You don't have to compose it. The hardest thing is composing. It's there. Just present it and make it become your words. Okay. And, and this is how I have been taught how to plead. Now, again, it's kind of important to mean it and feel it. Just blah, 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 blah. It's, it's not as effective as saying, okay, Hashem, please excuse me. I, this is not original. This is from King David. It's from the prophets. But I feel this way, and I sincerely feel this way, and I'm sincerely presenting you my case. So you got so now you got both things going for you. Number one, it's a plead that works. Number two, you are pleading it, and Hashem listens to Jews. Hashem listens to our kids, his kids, and therefore his kids are saying he wants to hear. 
and you're saying something to Abimelech. Now, Abimelech never said a stupid thing in Tehillim. Never said a selfish thing in Tehillim. Everything he said was music to God's ears. And it works. And therefore, that's why that's the idea of chilui, pleading cases based on past performance of how to be able to plead these things. Okay, now, however, there's more to this. This is a very long section. It's going to probably take at least, I think, two more classes. He says, you have to know, whenever we make brachas, we use um, second person and third person in our expressions. For example, we'll say, Baruch Atah. Blessed are you. That's second person. That's directly to Hashem. Elokeinu, our Lord, which is third person. Right? Uh, or Hamotz, 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 The one who brings forth, that's the third person. That's the third person. Elokeinu is still the second person. And that is based on the Torah. That often, we speak to Hashem in the second person, like someone's speaking to their friend. And yet there is an idea of the third person because Hashem is way beyond what we can understand who we're talking to. So on the one hand, there's an aspect of I'm talking to Hashem. But there's another aspect that Hashem is way beyond what I understand how he analyzes and how he relates to me. There always has to be two aspects within our prayer. We have the halachas of prayer. There's actual laws of prayer that make sense, such as the actual requests before Hashem and the praises. And the second way of the halachas that really is more dependent on the perfection of the prayer, even though we don't understand it in our minds. We'll give examples of this in a minute. Now, obviously... The most important part of prayer is your feelings, your expression, what you say, talking to Hashem directly as someone speaks to someone else. As the Mishil Sherm says, you speak to Hashem just like you speak to your friend who's listening to you and, and, and hearing you. And those words and this conversation brings a great connection to Hashem, a great wondrous pleasure for Hashem, for sure. All right, and a, a perfect one is like, like a baby talking to Hashem, and that's how we're speaking of Hashem. That's all true. But we have to remember, rather, we cannot forget, there's other aspects of prayer. And these are things, the nature of which are beyond what we can understand. And we don't really understand why that's so important for that to be part of prayer. And maybe because we want to get so close to Hashem in a direct way, we forget there's another aspect of prayer that must be adhered to, even though it doesn't make sense to you. He gives an example of this. What kind of prayers are loftier and which kinds are less? So there's different aspects. So obviously, kavona is an important aspect. A prayer with kavona is more important to pray without kavona. That's for sure. Now we'll talk about how about a prayer with Kavana, not in a minion, versus a prayer without Kavana in a minion. Second. Uh, now, what would logically make sense to you? 
the one with kavana. But no, the halacha is being with a minion is more important. So a lot of people, they said, I don't understand. What's the difference if I'm in a minion or not? Minion is good for those who don't know how to daven. And someone can daven for them, but I know how to daven. And you know what? Davening in shul at that time is very inconvenient for me. You know, I have to leave the kids with my wife and she's upset and the kids are screaming and my mind is thinking about it and I feel guilty and this and that. How can I pray properly? You know what? Let me just wait till I take the kids to school. There's no more minions. I've been out davening very long and slow to Kodesh But it doesn't work that way. Right? Well, you know, what do you mean? It's like, it's like a machine. You just put it into the machine. You follow, you follow the logical rules. It doesn't work that way. There's all kinds of halachas that say that, you know, there are certain rules of what makes a prayer a prayer. And don't make a mistake and think that, well, I think I, I and it could be you honestly feel more fulfilled when you daven alone. It's a big shyly ask for Moshe. So that's what Moshe did, Shiloh. I'm mamish daven better alone with 100%. And we're, and we're not arguing. So much hard to have Kavana in shul. People making, a davening, making noises. It's hard. Moshe says, doesn't matter. You got to daven in a minion. That's one of the rules. And if you make, and the problem is when you start making your own judgment calls, it could be very hurtful. For example, Nodav and Avihu decided we're going to have our special form of connection. We're going to bring a fire that God didn't ask for. And it had a lot of good um, rationale behind it. It's not what Hashem asked for. So it's, uh, and then you end up dying. So therefore, besides these feelings that you have, you have to accept the uh, regulations, so to speak, that make a prayer a prayer what it's supposed to be. Ah, so now what is one of these rules? One of these rules is how do you plead before Hashem? I say, I know what I have done. You know, it's like, again, it's just current events. You know, Donald Trump is taking the stand for the first time in a court case. And all the words of himself, don't go on a stand. They're going to try to perjure you and this and that. He's going on, and from what I understand, he's not, he, he it's hard to control a guy. Yeah, yeah. Usually a lawyer wants to control it. Just say yes or no. So he says, I can't just say yes or no. He starts this, and the lawyer says, just, I said, I'm sorry, I can't. He is the president, was the president. You know, but uh, sometimes the lawyers, it's better not to speak. Better have somebody else speak for you. No, but I, it's, 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 it pertains to me. I know exactly what's going on. I can say what I have to say. But you got to know if in this courtroom that kind of speech is appreciable. So before Kaddish Baruch you got to be really sure you're saying the right prayers. And if you're not, that's a big problem. Because you could perjure yourself before Kaddish Baruch You understand? If you say, listen, I, I got problems. I'm going to take David's words. Yeah, but no, it's David, man. I, I don't feel it's my words or even the words of the Dominic. You know, I really want to use my words. <laughs> okay, there's a place for that. I'm not saying you can't do that at certain times, but not when it is 
in the Amidah that is established for Shachris, Shachris has certain rules. Now, you want to add something after you've said the basics? Gesundheit. But you can't say, okay, uh, you know, these are, these are 19 blessings. I'm not interested in all of these things. I'm just going to say a couple things to Hashem in Shul, and that's going to be enough. He says, no, that's not called Shachris. Avram Avinu established Shachris. He had certain things in mind when he established Shachris. And Yitzhak set up Mincha and Yaakov set up Marv. They understood exactly what general things we need to speak about at certain times. And guess what? Those words, Hashem likes those words. In the morning, he likes Shachris. In the afternoon, he likes Mincha. At night, he likes Marv. And the rabbis told us exactly what words should be used for that. And when you use those, that, they say, listen, listen, man, in the morning, I'm dead tired. I can't concentrate. You know what? I really feel good just about 11.30, which is too late to say chakras, too early to say mimcha. 11.30, I'm really perfect. I can talk to God. Whoa, you going to do it on your own? Are you sure you're going to say the right things? He gives a beautiful muscle, a person who's trying to get through a brick wall. So he takes a heavy rock, throws it. Got thrown harder and harder. Now he takes this other brick, but if there's a little fuse attached to it with dynamite inside, he throws, he lobs it, boom, the thing opens up. Shachris Mincha Marev is what breaks through the walls. They've set it up for you already. They already know what you need to say. Now you're going to say, well, I don't feel that way. He says, listen, better change the way you feel, man. Because what you're feeling is stupid. You should be feeling this instead. Oh, I'm healthy. I don't have to ask for any help. Huh. You sure about that? Yes. The doctor just told me I'm a clean bill of health. Oh, really? You don't got to ask for any help, huh? Moron! Hashem's giving you help every minute. You gotta mama slack him for that help. And tell him to keep giving you that help. Just the way the actually has all set to do it. No, no, I can do it on my own. Oh, you love what you can plan. And I don't gotta be a minion in a shul. I can just say what I want. Yeah, well, if you happen to know the exact right words and perfect and this, it ain't gonna happen. The, uh, now, if you're a big tzaddik like the Baal Shem Tov, okay, you're on a different wavelength. But for us regular people, there's no way we can handle it. The same thing with Tehillim, the David HaMelech wrote. All those prayers, they're perfectly matched for every type of situation. Because David HaMelech was the king of the Jews, and the king has, of the Jews has to have a heart as big as all the Jews. So when you say Tehillim, you're going with the power of David HaMelech. It's as if David HaMelech himself is saying it. And that's a good habit to get into. And in the earlier generations, people go tell them by heart. And they would say either the whole tell them every day. What, what do you think they did in their free time? They looked at their stupid cell phone. They looked when they're in the store, they're looking at the magazines. They just go tell them by heart. I'm waiting by the doctor's office. There's a lot of tell them I could say that are very relevant for this. I'm stuck, stuck in a traffic jam, just say more to them. And to get into a habit, 
you know, it's hard in the beginning. You could do it like to finish still and once a month. Some do once a week. But less than once a, once a month is not a lot because you're dealing with the 150 chapters, five chapters a day is not exactly a lot. Okay, so five chapters a day, okay, one chapter is very big, but I'm just saying that's, that's how you, but you get used to it over years and years, and now you got those words, and it's, and it's David HaMelech's words, so to speak. And when you get used to it, and you mean to say it, then you now have powerful words to be sharing with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So this is the first step of Chilui, pleading before Hashem. They've got to be good arguments said by the right person. We are, by definition, the right people. The right arguments, that is a dangerous game. Unless you're sure you got the right words, it could be turned against you. Therefore, to understand these beautiful words and make them part of your pleadings to Hashem. Okay, we'll stop it over there. Why there is no Khazar of Amida in uh, 